Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco and Kyle. Yes, sir. Did you know that in a BBC News article from January of 2018 titled, Is It True Only 10% of Americans Have Passports? That it actually was true that at one point in 1994, only 10% of Americans had passports. Hmm. Now, you, you know, you say, to us, say what, are, what does this have to do with anything, right? Uh, first of all, a passport is a travel document issued by a country's government for its citizens to identify them in terms of their nationality for the purposes of international travel. This was always something, for those of you who are international listeners, you know, if you're from Europe or you're from uh, certainly the UK, Australia, all those places there – a lot of people have passports because it is mm-hmm. the travel between countries is far more readily available. It's just far more a part of, of life. And people do that. So have for a long on the Euro rail. And yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and... Europe, you're, you're hitting countries like States here. You would yeah. in the United States. So, I mean, that's something that people just, it's normal for people to have passports in the United States was not a big deal until roughly around 2007. And the main reason for that was, was that up until then, and this was all as as uh, events that happened after September 11th, is that a lot of the rules changed for how Americans could travel. So prior to 2006 or 2007, Americans could go to Canada or Mexico or even some other countries like Jamaica without a passport. You actually just had to go in with some basic proof of your citizenship, like a copy of your birth certificate or something like that, and you'd be able to travel in those areas. 2007 comes, all that changes, everything now is required for a passport. And now, according to the latest data, uh, roughly about 42% of Americans now hold a passport, Hmm. which is huge. I mean, again, we're talking about 25 years ago, it was around 10%. Do you have a passport? I do not have a passport. I was actually thinking about getting one uh, when COVID hit. Okay, I, but I got it. But for those of you Arizona people, I do have my gold star. Your gold star. Yeah, that's a whole the, the travel. Yeah, ID. I got that, and I have a um, oh preferred traveler number. Oh, I got right, that too. Right, exactly. Yeah, I thought I thought twenty twenty. I thought twenty twenty would be when I'd be taking a lot of trips. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> Little did you know? Now, so interesting. I got my passport about ten years ago. Uh, I did some work uh, overseas and in the Middle East, and uh, and I, I got it. And as I said, 10 years ago, passports normally, normally for United States citizens expire in 10 years. My passport expired in June. So in about April, May, I went on the State Department website and said, OK, how do I renew my passport? Amusingly enough, 2020, everyone, uh-huh. you're listening, right? The State Department right now has basically said, hey – if you have a, an expired passport, don't worry about it. Don't bother us. We're really busy. <laughs> yeah. And you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> well, I mean, exactly. But I mean, they're even, they literally even say, chill out. If your passport expired, don't worry about it. We'll deal with it later. <laughs> Just hold it until <laughs> a later time. And and unless unless you have to go somewhere now, yeah. and, and of course, where are you going to go? Do, yeah, yeah, some people uh, some people do. They said, look, then yes, you contact. But seriously, if you're just like, oh, my passport expired, I need a new passport. Call us another day. It's not this year, <laughs> and it's probably not next year. Yeah. <laughs> just, just wait. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Anyway, passports. Huh? Passport. Interesting topic for for this minute. <laughs> 
Yeah, because uh, we, we might uh, be seeing some uh, travel documents here. Minute 23 of Iron Man 2 from 2010, directed by Mr. John Favreau. Uh, but we are still in the middle of the argument. Well, not really. And now we've, we've transitioned oh, no, it's to, no, no, no the argument, argument to the celebration. So yes. we, we, we have to finish off the sentence that got cut off by the, by the cruel algorithm. Uh, it said, Tony says, I thought there'd be a legal issue, but apparently I'm capable, I'm capable of appointing my own successor. My successor being you. Congratulations. <laughs> so I, I got to say, uh, Gwyneth does such a great job in this of just like selling that like, ah, uh, this is everything I ever wanted. Now it's happening. I don't really know how to react to this. Is this real? Is he messing with me? Like just stunned, just stunned, just sitting there. Um, and she says, I don't know what to think. And so, of course, Tony, this is this might as well be the Stark family motto. Uh, embroider it and put it underneath their crest, the coat of arms. Don't think, drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of wonderful. She told, yeah. and as you said, you know, acting is the reaction. Yeah. She just absolutely, she melts, right? Yeah. And it is, and it is kind of got this little bit of tinge, like, like you said, like, oh, this is everything what I wanted. Mm hmm. And it's because of you, you son of a Because <laughs> of you. <laughs> like, I was so angry at you uh-huh. 35 seconds ago. You gave away. You still gave away all those paintings. And now I'm more smitten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they, they, they clink to her yep. new job. So I was thinking to myself, okay, so Pepper's life is about to change quite dramatically. Oh, so yeah. she has now become the CEO. So I'm like, okay, so like, what's she pulling down? Like, oh, so I started doing some research. And so um, the average salary of a CEO in 2010, uh, which is when this movie is taking place, uh, was about nine point nine million dollars. Now, that's average. Right. So I'm sure Stark Industries is much higher than than average because I said the stock is soaring. So I was like, all right, so what would we compare it to? And so I thought in honor of you, Rob, Apple. So let's just say that she was about to, that Apple is about at the same level at Stark Industries is at this time. So what did Tim Cook make in 2010 as CEO of Apple? Oh, boy. So I found out because it's public, because it's a public traded company. Exactly right. So uh, in 2010, Tim Cook made $800,000 in salary. In salary. In salary. Cash in hand. Well, no, that's not that cash in hand. That's just salary. So well, that's salary, like, but I mean, like well, cash. Like, yeah, like, we pay you. That goes in direct deposit. That's right. This is yeah, right. This is this is what we paid you. However, so in bonuses, there we go. He made five million dollars. Uh, yeah, and in stock awards, <laughs> he made fifty-two million dollars. Oh, what? Also nine hundred thousand dollars in non-equity executive plan compensation and fifty-eight thousand dollars in other. Man, I'd just be happy with Tim Cook's other. Other is other would be great. Now look, okay. Now obviously that okay, some of those numbers are outrageous. Yeah. I will say though that I do appreciate, and this is within um it's not quite what Steve Jobs did. If Steve Jobs, if I remember correctly, he only took a dollar salary per year yeah. when he came back to Apple. Now, yeah. of course, he he made that up in other things, yeah. right? Stock options. Yeah. The one thing I do appreciate in that is is that when there is when you're far more onto the stock is, well, the stock does well presumably because the business is doing well, presumably because you're a good you're doing leader, your job and you're doing your job. That does kind of put your skin in the game, right? On exactly what happens there. So I understand mm-hmm. that. 
50 million. What was it? Oh, no. Grand total of 60 million dollars. 60 million dollars. Approximately. Now, of course, of course, then some of it we taxed. That's only five million a month. (laughs) That's five million a month. I mean, you know what? Well, I mean, that's Johnny Depp. Who can live on that? Do you know this is this is something we've said off uh, prior to the show? I was talking to somebody, uh, a friend, about a week or two ago, and we were talking about Apple stock. And there was this crazy, you know, I mean, there's all these different things you could find out because if the Apple stock has performed so well over the last 15 to 25 years because of the splits. And obviously, Apple has done you know fairly well, whether whether Apple's your cup of tea or not, that's fine. Mm-hmm. We totally understand. But there was a story that basically said, if you've ever seen uh, the American movie Forrest Gump starring Tom Hanks, um, in that movie, there's a kind of an in-joke that Forrest has put some of his ping pong tour money into Apple, into this fruit company, and yeah. he's rich, right? Yeah. They said that if you had bought $10,000 of Apple stock on the day that that movie came out in 1994, mm-hmm. today, if you had not touched it, all dividends going back into the stock, today you would have $5.6 million. That is a nice return of investment. <laughs> I did not. I did not buy Apple stock in 1994. <laughs> nor did I buy a 95 or 90. <laughs> Good lord! I mean, yeah. So anyway. easily, Pepper's easily Pepper's doing be fine. A multi-millionaire. Pepper's doing fine. Pepper's doing fine. She's living. You know, she's living a frugal, yeah. uh, responsible life. Yeah, and Pepper's obviously, doing fine. I think she deserves this money much more than Tim Cook does because he doesn't have to deal with Tony. Oh, that's true. He's got to deal with Johnny Ive, but I think that's a whole. Well, now Johnny's level. gone, but he does have to deal with Phil Schiller. Yes. I mean, Phil Schiller. Hmm. No. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't want to hear about your exercise ring anymore, Phil. We're Jeez. totally joking. <laughs> Nobody. That's not an affront to Phil Schiller. We love oh, you. Love, love you guys. Okay. That magnificent head of hair. Well, that's Phil. No, Phil Schiller. Yeah, no, that's Craig. That's Craig. Oh, I'm thinking about something oh yeah. Oh, wow, look at me. Listen, me drop know, right? the Apple Apple names like right. as if I Should know these clunk. guys. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> anyway, so what Wait, happened? Siri's telling me about something. What? I got it. Oh, I'm sorry. I got it wrong, Siri. I apologize. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's that's the end of that scene. Uh, actually, it turns out, though, in an alternate reality, there's another scene here because there is oh. a deleted scene that shows what we have just seen in a, in a slightly different fashion. Um, Technically, I guess we could have talked about it earlier on because it doesn't uh, have anything to do with what's going on here, but I kind of wanted to put it in the break between the two. So uh, we see the scene basically play out the same way that Tony is sitting at his desk and Pepper comes in and they, they do the sort of walk and talk through the holograms and we see the different holograms going through. Uh, also, Tony is testing out different elements. So like trying different elements that he has. That he, it, it's interesting to see the difference. So it looks like that... Um, uh, perception had done a finished version of this, right? And then, they, and then there's some like test footage. So it's like you're like this full beautiful Jarvis periodic table. Thing. Yeah, it's amazing. And, then, so, and, it, and it clearly is. It's like PS2 graphics, like like the right. the temporary holder stuff that goes through because they have like a simulation Iron Man and he's putting elements together and sending them into the Iron Man suit to see if they would they would solve the problem that he's trying to solve, which is you know not die um but it seems like he's like if he's picking like just two elements and putting together and it comes back 
within, I'd say, 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Right. Couldn't you just have Jarvis doing this? I like, thought exactly hey, the Jarvis, same thing. <laughs> here's the periodic table. Just slam two elements together in the thing and let me know in the morning what you come up with. Well, I mean, like, like, no, and that's what I thought, too. I mean, like, look, it's a beautiful scene. And we've talked yeah. about this in a previous minute where you yep. see the periodic table on one of the screens to give yep. you all that understanding of what he's doing. This is the much more... This is the much more uh, extrapolated version of that. But I did totally think I'm like, you couldn't just tell Jarvis Jarvis run the table. Yeah. Wake me up when you're done. Yeah. Start start with carbon. Right. Start (laughs) with one end and start the other end. Carbon plus, you know, like you just go down the line. Yeah. That was odd. Yeah. So Uh, so then as as he continues on then and when when Tony gets to the end of the of the sort of the walkway with all the things in the original scene, it just cuts right to them inside of the sort of workshoppy area here. It, the scene continues on a little farther because he actually uh, plays with those links. He has this little ball and he bounces it to pepper and she catches it and it starts forming over her hand. And it turns out he calls it a nano ball. And so it like, uh, it, it sort of like forms a thing. And, and you know, of course she makes the joke like, I don't want to play with your ball. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. It- yeah, it really Wise got. <laughs> so yeah, so and, and obviously it's 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 not finished animation stuff. You can see it sort of cover her hand. Well, this is important for two reasons. One, there's another deleted scene that pays this off. So this was actually setting something up that will that will see pay off very 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 late in the in the movie. Um, uh, and also, I can I can see how this technology would then we saw a version of this sort of play out in Captain America: Civil War. Because if you remember, he doesn't have the suit uh, when Bucky is sort of attacking oh, there. Right, he does right. a little quick thing over his hand, and suddenly he has the hand. Right. So uh, like, like they sort of do it more mechanical as he pulls something up over his hand, that he has, and he has like a little mini repulsor in his palm and stuff too. But like it's kind of the same technology, this little ball thing that sort of forms into like a, a version of the armor. Yeah, it seemed. Now we'll wait, obviously, to see where the payoff of that would have been. Sure. But I mean, yeah, the whole dialogue of you could play with my ball. It was, that was yeah. a little ridiculous. Yeah. Um, just for the tone of what they were going for and everything else. And then there is a little bit of more foreshadowing that's, that's embedded in this scene too, is there's a part where he's looking at a racetrack and he's yes. playing with a particular kind yeah, of with a racing car. car. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so you can, because, because Monaco is a coming. Well, and you can see that that, and as we're going to talk about this, as we finish up this minute for the next scene, yeah. but it shows that not, Tony's not really doing anything spur of the moment right now. No. He's Everything's thinking, planned out, and you can see almost like right here yes. in that scene. Every, like the entire rest of the movie is is laid out right there. It, there's no. suitcase, like there's suitcase armor, there's Monaco, there's the nano ball. I mean, all of it's right there. Exactly. What's the name of this deleted scene? This scene is called Extended Laboratory Scene. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. You can, I think, believe it's on the Disney Plus uh, deleted scenes. Actually, there's a lot of the the stuff is in the Disney Plus app. So uh, if you're a subscriber already, you can get that. Uh, it's also on the uh, the Blu-ray and the DVD. And there's a nice steel book you can get if you can track it down. Cool. Uh, so okay. So meanwhile, the the movie back to the regular movie. Meanwhile, in Moscow, uh, we see. Oh, remember? Hey, guys, remember the fact there's a bad guy in this movie? Well, okay, and wait. Now, hey, look, not. <laughs> oh my gosh, Mickey Rourke's in Iron Man too. I totally forgot. Not <laughs> we we had that has gone a little bit like. Wait, what is that guy doing? Yeah, I do have a problem, and right now, still, oh, so there's I'm, many problems. I'm, no, there's not. Right up until now, I am very happy. <laughs> I am still very very happy with this movie. We haven't gotten to my only one sticking part yet, but Bro. this would be this could be a point five part. Mm. We go right back to the exact same shot yes. of the snowing product store and the Yugo, which we yeah. talked about. 
I really honestly am a little disappointed. It's the exact same shot. They obviously filmed it on the same day. Yep. They didn't even move the camera. No, no. Oh. And I think that must be, um, I, I'm guessing that's uh, Ivan's Yugo. I'm just going to, oh, let's maybe. just put that in. I think that's it. That's, that's just his car. So, so you're saying that, yeah, that might be his Yugo. That might be his yeah. motorcycle. I don't know. No, but I just, I'm sure it's the Yugo. He has the Yugo. I, I'm He's got to carry a lot of gear. You no, can't carry it's his father. Gear in the saddlebags. No, it's the Yugos is his dad's. The motorcycle mm. is his. I don't well, know. It's been it's been it's been a, you know six months. So um, <laughs> we see him hanging out in an alley across from apparently apparently like in the alley across from his house, um, and so he meets uh, a mysterious gentleman who is credited as the Ten Rings Agent. Oh, whoa, um, what? Uh, that's right. Played by Mr. Ali Khan, who uh, has six credits on IMDb. So, you know, not everybody can uh, be a, a Mickey Rourke and have, uh, you know, that many. Um, but, you know, six more credits than I have. So, uh, yes, apparently he is he is called the Ten Rings agent. He was supposed to be identified on screen by a tattoo on his neck that had the Ten Rings on it. And Marvel went, nah. I, I feel like there's a whole other thing going on here that I, I, I would I would love to to know about because when John Favreau first announced Iron Man at the first San Diego Comic Con panel, he they said, "Who's your bad guy?" and he said, "The Mandarin." And they're like, "Oh!" And then as the film developed, they're like, "Oh, actually, we're going to push him to the second movie." Well, we're in the second movie, and I can tell you, Mandarin ain't in it. There's but no he started, so they, they created the Ten Rings as this terrorist organization that was supposed to lead it because the Mandarin has Ten Rings. And so it was supposed to be, this was supposed to be his organization, was the Ten Rings. And so Favreau originally wanted to have that as a recurring thing that would eventually lead up to the Grand Revelation, and there's the Mandarin, and like he was the leader of the Ten Rings. And I don't think Marvel was down for that, because like it, it, at multiple opportunities, they sort of like downplayed that and shut down. And this was one of the things that, one of the battles that he lost, apparently, is he wanted to have it be like the Ten Rings are involved, and they're still around, they're still doing things, and they're involved in this. Nope. Like, we never have, any, the only inclination is that is by the credits. Wow, but I mean yeah. that's okay. Well, that's amazing. They left it in the credits though, because I know, well, I right? guess well, either that got missed or somebody was like, "Look, we really want to slip in that Easter egg." There's one way we can do it because yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, well, that but, I mean, been- I've even seen a picture like he actually has like a tattoo on his neck, but you can't see it at all in the in the footage that they used. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, it's and it's purposely cut in a way that you wouldn't see it. His, right. Wow. So, oh, so there's so Ivan there has obviously got the information, and and it's up to you whether you want to believe this is the Ten Rings involved or not. Uh, and so they watch. He watches the guy leave, and then sort of flips it open, and he opens up, and it's a passport. A Ooh, passport. Call back to the opening. Blah yeah. blah blah. It's like we know what we're doing. Um, <laughs> so it's a a false ID with the name Boris Turganoff. Oh, Boris. Boris. Oh, Boris is back. We, no, I actually, remember. It's actually a different Boris. It's not that Boris. Oh. Because Boris, the Turganoff, is actually the second Crimson Dynamo. Oh. Uh, he took over after Anton Vanko. Oh, the 
that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. So it is a, it is a Marvel another nod in joke connection thing to this. Um, and if you're and missing so, what that is, Crimson Dynamo is a reference we did in a in a in between episode talks about yep. some of the comic book lore. That's right. How uh, Anton Venko was the original Crimson, and like a lot right. of basically they're using a lot of the Crimson Dynamo story here. Uh, they're just sort of remixing it and then av- adding in Ivan, who's a, a new character right. uh, for this with a, a familiar super villain name. Uh, and so the other thing that he had besides his, his ideas, he has tickets to the Grand Prix de Monaco Historique. So it's, it's the Grand Prix, but it's, it's a slightly different Grand Prix. It's a historic. And we're going to talk more about that when we get to Monaco. But, uh, oh, nice. meanwhile, I have a question for you, Rob. I, I agree that editing choices is bad here, but I, uh, I wanted to point out another little thing you might not have noticed. So this is May 2010. Yeah. What do you think the average temperature of Moscow is in May? So, like, this is well, May twelfth, okay. twenty ten. Well, well okay. I mean, okay, just average. Uh, okay. Fahrenheit. All right. Well, I mean, I mean, because it's Russia, sure, Russia, and I know there's the uh, the equator and mm-hmm. uh, the vernal equinox, sure, vernal equinox, and a variety sure. of other things, <laughs> and other and other yeah. astronomical and 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 weather terms that I am not fully versed in. I'm going to say that it could vary, but could be anywhere. From 16 to 82 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> but there's I snow don't know, on the ground, dude, Rob. There's dude, snow. There's, you know what we just had? There can be freak snowstorms in places in the world when there's not supposed to be. Sure. Wait, uh, this, the average totally temperature up? in Moscow in May is 66 degrees, Rob. 66. Now, now listen. It's the start of their summer. Okay, I understand that. But now, now think about that. What the hell? No, wait, hold on. <laughs> Are you really going to try and defend? This uh, is bad editing. Six, 66 during the day. You don't know what the lows are. There easily could I be those lows. The, I know, but those lows probably, they could be in the freezing part. You don't know. I do, though. I <laughs> do. <laughs> By the way, did you notice uh, in the uh, passport that uh, his birthday is 1959? I believe that has something to do with Tales of Suspense. Did Tales of Suspense? Be- <laughs> did I? True. That's true. But uh, this Let's, is still bad. Are we talking this about weather? Bad. Are we talking this about weather still? Editing. This is yeah. Bad. I know this. This. Is, this is this is sloppy. It is a little bit. Like it's it's not always winter in Moscow. Is there like, no explanation? There's no other explanation for this. No. Nothing. They just did the talk, talk about the Ten Rings thing. Like it basically, it's like it, it was just part of the mess of editing. Like you know, it was it was like they had this footage from then they shot there, and then they took it in the middle of this thing. I, well, it wasn't this wasn't shot in Moscow though. No, this was shot in yeah. California. California. So they actually had to put they had to put snow down. They had to put snow down. Yeah. Something changed. I don't Something know. Something changed exactly. Something so changed once again. This is like the editing editing issues. Yeah, I'm okay with it. That's okay. uh, <laughs> it's always snowing in Moscow. It's always snowing in Soviet Russia. Um, so, uh, as 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 uh, Ivan is looking over his his newly acquired documents, uh, we hear the sound of drums. Yeah. No, no different sound of drums, uh, and that's when our minute comes to an end. That's it. That's it. That's why we have some of our our segues into other right. topics because <laughs> this is just, we're, we're moving the chess pieces here in this part. Yep. This is all got to yep. get connected. That's right. Yeah. This well, is, this go. is, this is the ugly, but necessary stuff to go. I don't know. I don't know what I think about the snow. I, uh, 
you have that. See, I have the fact that it's the same shot. I don't like that. Well, I, I, all I can think of is that this originally happened way back then, and they thought, oh, people are going to forget. Like, they're going to forget that he's supposed to be at the race in Monaco because, like, we're very close to Monaco at this point. You know, like that. And so if they had put it chronologically where it should happen, which would have been much, much earlier, like probably during oh, the maybe. montage, during the okay. title sequence. I mean, like that that way back then when it was actually winter. Well, no. See, okay, then that explains it. The reason why is because, again, it's shot on the same day. They yeah. already had the set. The set was dressed for yes. this. Yes, exactly. Oh, there you go. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's I understand why, but it's still really sloppy. Well, I sorry, John. Favreau. I don't know. Making this movies is really, this is know, really I hope clunky. You understand that making movies is expensive. Yes. And to say that you're going to clear the the set here of the of the snow <laughs> or whatever this is, you're, you know what else is you know what else is really expensive? What? Underestimating the intelligence of your audience. Sorry, no one's going to notice this. Fine. All right. Fine. Right. But if you have your own theories as to why this is, if you want to win a no prize, you can do so over on Discord. Yeah. Yes, we have our very own Discord, and we even have our very own Marvel Movie Minute channel that you can hop in there and be like, uh, actually, uh, there is at one point there was snow recorded in May in Moscow. I think if you look at... Who is that then, I want to talk to <laughs> you. Oh, know. no, wait, I you were making like fun. I was. I was. No one likes you. I'm actually, guys. Please go on Discord. Bring, bring your dissonance. <laughs> That's and right. your Bring other your... and your other discordance, and do it with us so that we that's can right. Talk and this. best of all, it's free. Yay! Nextyear.com/slash/discord. Click the link, join the family. So make sure you join us back here for minute twenty-four because in a beautiful cut, we're going to go to a whole new scene and meet a very, very important character to the MCU. You do not want to miss it. Enough said. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>